Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the Integrative Thoughts podcast. I am your host, Matt Kaufman. And through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. Are you having trouble losing weight? Do you get extreme food cravings, especially at night? What about the inability to lose weight even when you cut calories and do a lot of exercise? I know I fell into this category for pretty much most of my life. It's actually probably not even your fault. You most likely have what's called leptin resistance. Leptin is actually a hormone made by the fat cells that regulates food intake and energy expenditure by communicating with the brain. The more fat you have, the more negative leptin messages are actually being sent to your brain. This creates what's called leptin resistance and is going to sabotage all dieting efforts and causes food cravings even when you have enough fat stored. Introducing Zenith, this is an all-new, completely natural formula that gently decreases leptin levels to restore accurate communication between fat cells in the brain. Zenith contains zero harmful stimulants. It's made of all-natural polysaccharides and acetylated fatty acids, very safe for long-term weight loss plans, and it is made in the USA. In an eight-week, university-conducted, double-blind, placebo-controlled study, participants lost 21.3 pounds of fat, lost almost four inches off their waistline, and reduced serum leptin levels by 43%. So if you or someone you know, someone you really love is struggling with weight loss, head down to the show notes. I'll have a link there and a few videos where you can learn more information about Zenith. So listen, I've been experimenting with different types of minerals, especially magnesium, for the past five to six years. But I could never really find a product that I could feel the benefits that magnesium claimed to give. Magnesium is one of the most important minerals for all of human health. It participates in over 600 different biochemical reactions in the body, yet over 80% of the population is deficient. Magnesium deficiency can increase risk for all disease and greatly decrease optimal performance. That's why I like Bioptimizers. They use all seven forms of magnesium in a highly bioavailable form in their product Magnesium Breakthrough. Magnesium helps with stress, anxiety, sleep, immune function, detoxification, and so much more. If you want to try out this product, head over to Buy Optimizers and use code INTEGRATIVETHOUGHTS10 to receive a 10% discount on their amazing product, Mag Breakthrough. Cole Kaufman, my wife, welcome to season two. Season two, can you believe it? Oh man, it's uh, it's bittersweet, really. It's uh, I knew it was coming. I didn't think it would take so long to uh, finally get back to recording. But uh, having the mic in my hand feels good. I feel a little rusty. <laughs> feel a little uh, almost anxiety, but not too bad because um, I think I'm just gonna be a lot better this time around. I've worked through a lot of things um, in the past couple of years that we're definitely gonna dive into. So. How are you feeling today? I'm a little bit nervous to record this podcast. I don't know if it's the act of podcasting itself or just all the things that I know that we're going to talk about, but um, what a fucking ride we've been on the last couple of years since we left off on season one. Yeah, it's insane. So I was, I was, um, I was going to do this kind of solo cast, right? That's kind of was like my vision and uh, starting season two and kind of just tell everybody why I quit 
season one and what happened. Because, I mean, honestly, I never even reached out to a couple people. I think I had like three or four podcasts that I just didn't even put out. And so hopefully if they're listening um, and they hear this episode, they'll realize it wasn't wasn't anything to do with them. Like I mm-hmm. didn't dislike their episode or anything. I just literally quit the entire show in general. But I was uh, so brain dead and so fucked up at the time that I just didn't even reach back out and tell them why the show never came out. And so I think that kind of just now popped in my head. I haven't even really thought about that. But there was a good three or four shows that I just didn't even put out. And uh, hopefully no love lost to the people that I had on there. Two of them I didn't really even know that well. But then I I was really close with one of them. I never even told them why it didn't come out. So maybe I should (laughs) Uh, backtrack and tell them what happened there or send him send him this episode and maybe he'll uh, have a little bit more understanding with that um, so yeah I was gonna do a solo cast and kind of explain why I had to quit and do everything but uh, I figured why not bring you on because it's like the more stuff that you've kind of dove into this year with your health and what you're healing and it's kind of like is a mixture of both of us right it's like just insane the uh amount of finances just emotion just dedication and time taken away from uh things that we could have been doing that we had to spend just literally like battling health issues Mm -hmm. right it's pretty insane um i guess maybe a little well deserved the way we spent our 20s and um, uh, just a childhood full of McDonald's or whatever, but it's so, it's so funny because we just celebrated our dating anniversary and I keep a journal for Matt that I write in just on special occasions so that like love notes are in one place. And I was flipping through it and I had wrote for him after, um, our wedding. And I was talking about, you know, we got through living in a mold house, throwing out all of our stuff, rebuying all of our furniture down to like towels and blankets, like every single thing. And, you know, he was on the upswing with this health issues. And I just kept saying like, we're finally out the other side. We're finally out the other side. And that was like early 2021. And now we're deep into 2022. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, we're still not out the other side. So these things have been just really like consuming us for the last several years and so it's going to be really interesting to share that with everyone because yeah there was a time where I was like oh my god it's finally over and then now we're just almost to 2023 and it's just like is it ever over (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely a long hard battle in today's world um it's funny you say that because I, I like I quit journaling a while back because um when I would look back through my journals all of it was like when I get healthy this when I get get healthy that And that was just like the underlying theme of everything. And it it was actually depressing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, they say it's good to get your thoughts out and to do that. And I was such in a rut and just in like a repetitive cycle of like, that was the only thing on my mind that the journaling became somewhat depressing for me. So I actually had to like get away from journaling for a while and um, I'm sure I'll pick it back up at some point, but I would like flip back through and you just kind of go through old and kind of try to see your progress. And it was just like the same, like there was no progress. Mm. Really. I, was, I was saying the same shit like all the time, just like with a twist or with whatever was on my mind that day. And so I was, it was really fucked up. And I was just like, I'm gonna, I got to quit journaling. <laughs> like I was like, I just get started like, cause I would write affirmations and then I would journal. And I was like, well, I'll just, maybe I'll stick to affirmations and like prayer and uh prayer or something. Maybe we can get into that. I, honestly never even thought I would do 
but I was just so sick. And so I just didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, well, maybe I'll just pray. <laughs> maybe I was pray to God. And then I was like, grew up an atheist and real funny. It was really into science and things like that. So, um, that's super interesting, but that you would say that, and it's just been so long. And I guess we'll start with what kind of, you already touched on, alluded to a little bit, um, with the mold. Cause that kind of seemed to be like the first thing, right. That was like, um, we were living in that house and, uh, I was seeing random doctors and I quit being vegan and I started taking all these supplements and I've always taken supplements, but I started to get like, where I was like trying all this new stuff and coffee enemas and all these crazy things that were helping a little bit. Had I not been doing them, I quite possibly would have been bedridden. I don't know. I was just so down bad, but luckily I was taking note of all the foods that affected me. And there was that point where I like literally could only digest like meat and honey. Like I, if I ate even just healthy foods, I would feel awful. Like I just could not digest anything. I was so sick. Um, I reacted to everything. I would react to all chemicals, all anything in my environment. I mean, it was just seemed like any little thing could trigger me or send me down into just a downward spiral of just depression or like severe fatigue to where it was just like at a point where I was just like, like, am I going to get healthy or is this like, but I just, luckily I had like so many podcasts and so many things that I listened to that I was like, there is gotta be like a root to this thing. Like there is just something interfering with my biology. And if I can just get to the root of that and get that balance and get that out of there, um, it can help. And I, I didn't realize, and I mean, for the record, like you said yesterday, we don't 100% know if the house had mold, but it seemed pretty clear. I mean, I'd seen a few water spots in the bathroom and I seen some mold, green mold on the, like the, uh, ducking or like the vent or whatever, um, where you put the air filters one time and, then um, you started to get sick after a while. And so I was kind of drawing the connections and we were actually already going to leave that house anyways, but it threw us into this catastrophic moment of like, um, we can't bring any of this stuff. What if it has mold? Like what if our bed has mold? What if our dressers have mold? What if all of our clothes have mold? What if all of our books that we've bought over the years have mold? Like we still haven't even rebought all of our amazing books that we had. And I was just deep diving into like hours and hours and hours of research around mold. And I was like, well, maybe that's just what it is. And maybe we need to throw everything away. And then the, uh, we were supposed to get that house with my buddy Kurt and that fell through. So we were homeless for one. And luckily Tina took us in with nothing to our name, a couple things in storage and a couple air mattresses and, we were over at Tina's and uh, I would say we did start to feel a bit better getting out of there, but it definitely was going to lead to some more issues on both of our parts. But is there anything you want to add about like the whole move and the emotions of letting everything go and uh, how that transition looked for you? Well, I want to backtrack to when we just started to question whether or not we felt okay. And this was when it was, it was during 2020. So we had been spending more time at home than we ever have ever because we were locked down in quarantine for six weeks in Florida. We went back to work pretty quickly, but that was the most time I've spent at home ever in my life. And Matt had been dealing with his health issues on and off for the last few years. He just kind of 
couldn't figure out what was going on with him. And then after a while, after being home a lot, I was like, I feel fucked up kind of. And I started to have really weird anxiety and I started to be really sensitive to light and my vision would kind of blur out. My body would just feel weird. I would get weird sensations in my arms. And at this point, we hadn't really put our health issues together that it could be environmental because they were separate things um, with different symptoms. But I went down a rabbit hole of breast implant illness because a lot of the symptoms from breast implant illness and mold toxicity are the same. And so I was like, oh my God, my breast implants are making me sick. I was convinced that was it. Um, I just went down a really deep rabbit hole with that. And then we were having moving drama anyway, like in life and supposed to move into a different house. You know, like Matt said, that fell through. We were breaking our lease at our place and we just like didn't have anywhere to go. And we're like looking around at all of our stuff like, is this the house? Like, do we feel like I feel fucked up when I'm in here? Like, do you feel fucked up? And the thing with mold is like it it makes you think feel like you're crazy. Like I feel like I had several just like hamster wheel type thoughts that I had never had before. Like I don't really have anxiety. I don't have thoughts on repeat. Um, And I felt like when I was trying to determine whether or not I was sick from mold that I was literally going insane because some days that you, you feel good and you're like, okay, I'm fine. And then other days you're like, wow, I slept one hour last night and I had to take three naps today. And like, I feel like I can't breathe and like what is happening to my body and it's strange when we're both going through the same issues but they're on different scales you know yours was you had a lot of different things um, than I did and so then we were just moving out we literally had like days to get out of our place and we started to go through like the stuff in our attic and the stuff in our closets and Matt would take out these clothes that had been there for a while and he would just turn bright red and break out in hives. Like once we started to like shake out our stuff that had been in closets or upstairs, like he was having physical body reactions that were super real. And I mean, he was really like allergic to everything at that time because his immune system was in overdrive for sure. But it was just like, does this house have mold? Like, are we crazy? And so then we had to put our stuff in storage anyway, because we were in between houses. And like he said, like moving in with my friend Tina with just like suitcases, you know, it was just supposed to be for a short time until we found somewhere else to live. And we would go to our storage unit where we kept Um, We didn't save our bed, but we kept like some of our dressers and some of the stuff that was like in our shed and we would like be sick like every time we would go there, we would go to get something out like I would just have a panic attack. Matt would turn bright red, break out in hives and we're like, okay, like all of our stuff has to be infected like it has to be mold and It was really crazy having to decide, like, do you keep all the things that you've accumulated up to being 30 years old um, because you're attached to your stuff? Or are you just willing to start fresh and perhaps improve your health? And I know that both of us at that time were in such a state of desperation of just like, I will do anything to feel better. You're just like looking at your things, photos you've hung on the wall, books that you've had, things people have gave you. And you're like, I don't give a fuck about any of this stuff. (laughs) I just want to feel normal in my body. And 
that itself, it just like you feel crazy deciding whether or not you're sick from mold, you're crazy deciding whether or not your stuff is contaminated and do you save it and do you let it go and what do you let go of and how much are you willing to bring to your new place and risk future contamination if your does if your stuff does have mold and it is a whole fuckery. I will tell you that for sure. So I I view things completely different now as far as being attached to material possessions. Um, it was really, really, really hard. I will say that it was really, really hard to decide, you know, what to get rid of, what to save. We really only saved things that could be washed with special mold stuff in the washer and dryer, um, shoes, some shoes, like not even a lot. And I have two totes of like notes and photos that I just have had since like high school. And we literally got rid of every single thing else. Yeah. Then we even like put the notes and stuff in like these... Um, like airtight boxes and then now I have them in storage even because I didn't want um, stuff in the garage I wanted to make some space out there and it's crazy because the the reoccurring thoughts and the like loop thoughts that just go oh play over and over and over in your head from mold and then with the impact of like now we have to throw everything away and buy it like furniture is not cheap beds are not cheap nothing like to furnish your whole house all at once is by no means cheap mm-hmm. like <laughs> We were like piecing it together little by little. Like we were making money, but it's like it's expensive to live in Tampa. And then you got to buy the supplements because you're sick. And then you have we try to eat organic and from the farm. And and that's obviously another part of be, like becoming healthy. So you have to do that. And it's like everything was just like such a burden. And then you mix that with like the uh, neurological stuff that mold causes. And you are just literally have never felt that crazy in your entire life. Like I don't ever remember having like crazy racing thoughts like that and just like repetitive and over and over and over and like just depressed, like 24 seven, almost depression. It was like your mood couldn't lift. And it was like, you try psychedelics and you feel good for two hours and then you go right back to feeling like shit. And it's like so bizarre, like how it just like takes control of you and Um, I also do believe that it's like there's other things going on as well with like heavy metals or your breast implants and other things that's like, you know, it compounds on top of each other. And then like the molds, like the, you know, the straw that breaks the camel's back type of thing. And it's just, I mean, it's the first thing I ask people anymore. It's like people want some health advice from me. I'm like, you know, do you got mercury fillings? Do you know anything about your house? Like I've had multiple friends of mine get their house treated for mold. Like it's just like the first thing that I ask people because it is so dramatic and it will just destroy your digestive system and you will just be bloated after eating even healthy foods and constipated diarrhea i mean the brain fog i mean the brain fog is maybe neurological maybe linked to the gut symptoms because your gut brain axis is so interconnected there i don't really know but all i know is that if you already are having some immune system issues and we were vegan which is like you know i've read quite a few things since then that uh just the way the 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 nutrients you're missing in the vegan diet and then coming into mold is just like wreaks havoc because you're you need so many of the b vitamins and different uh, minerals and nutrients and things that are in animal foods and fat soluble vitamins to like help you with the detox process so um, we had been vegan for a while then so um, it was probably a double whammy from that aspect as well and we the my one house back in flint even have water damage so i think we we're like carrying moldy stuff already. I already had some mold, and then it's just like 
And then we water damaged the apartment and then the, <laughs> because we flooded the whole apartment when we moved in. So we probably lived in a series of like three water damaged places mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, all added to the mix as well. Definitely didn't help. I know that. It's so much more common than you think. Most commercial buildings have mold. Um, you know, I work at a bar that's half indoor, half outdoor, and I could there was a time where I was so sensitive to mold, like I would walk in and I would feel my right arm just start to convulse kind of involuntarily. My hand would curl in, my fingers would curl in towards my palm. I started to literally lose use of my right arm. It was the scariest thing in the world. This was when I was like probably the height of the mold illness, like literally feeling like I can't even control my body. It was so terrifying. And if I would go anywhere in public, I know we stayed or I stayed at a hotel um, for my friend's wedding and I could just I was walked in. I was like, this place is full of mold. (laughs) I can just tell. And it really will have you view the world in a different way for sure. But you can build yourself up and strengthen yourself over time where you should be able to stay in those type of places. But when you already have like severe immunological stuff going on, you can be completely wiped out by a plane ride, a staying in a mold, like travel becomes like non-existent. Like you're going to get wiped from the um, inflammation and everything that the just flying in general causes. And then you're going to land and go stay in a moldy Airbnb or a moldy apartment and literally feel depleted and like you're dying the whole time you're there. So that's mm-hmm. like makes it even tougher to like want to go do things, which sucks because we're like big travel people and we were spending all of our finances on new furniture and new things, which I love all of our stuff now and it's great, but it was just like a hammer dropped down on us. It was just like all at once. It was insane. So that happened a few months before our wedding. So our, I can't remember if we got married yet from season one. Um, so our first wedding got postponed because of COVID in 2020, we were supposed to get married in March of 2020 and then COVID hit, we had to postpone our wedding. So our wedding got rescheduled for, um, end of February, 2021. So all of this was happening in the fall of 2020. So then we were in the final months of planning our real wedding that we were like actually going to have. We had to end up moving into another new rental, which we did have checked for mold because we will always do that from here on out. It costs only, you know, around $300 to have a mold expert come out, take air samples, look in your ducts and tell you whether or not uh, they believe there's any mold in your current place. Um, but we were getting ready to have our wedding and we literally didn't have any furniture. <laughs> like It was like two months before our wedding, we move into this new rental house. We had a blow up air mattress that we had been sleeping on for like four months. Um, we didn't have a couch. I bought a blow up couch off Amazon. Well, we couldn't get couches because it was uh, COVID. So we couldn't get, we wanted to try to get a couch and we couldn't. And then we had had the bed at that time though. We bought the bed when we were at Tina's. Oh, okay. So the bed yeah. got delivered at Tina's. So we were, but we were on an air mattress for a hot minute, which is, a fuckery in its own self like yeah we were sleeping in separate air mattresses because <laughs> it's so annoying to like toss and turn like with someone else on an air mattress it's just literally so goddamn annoying so yeah so all uh, of this was happening right around our wedding people were literally flying in to like come like be with us for our wedding they would walk in they would be like are you guys okay like we had nothing on the walls like no furniture no kitchen table like a blow-up couch like just literally trying to get through our wedding because when you throw away everything you own think about it you have to buy towels 
towels, you have to buy bedding, you have to buy stuff for your shower. Like we really, really only saved things that could be like wiped down that were not porous. So that was like new TV stand, new TV, new thing for my cats to sit on, new air purifier, like fucking furniture, like all the things, all the things. Yeah, it's so funny. It's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs almost like what what's most important in this <laughs> moment? Um, I guess a blow up couch so we can sit on something. Like kitchen table, I guess we'll just like eat standing up. We ate standing up for so long and we cook all of our meals at home. So it was so fucking annoying to just stand at the counter and eat together. So bizarre. So, (laughs) like, such a fucker. If you're having unexplained symptoms um, and you are living in like an apartment building, or I mean, it's just very, very common. So if you're in Florida listening to this, that could easily be the root cause of your symptoms. But even I've had friends in Michigan who have hit me up about health issues and both of them had um extreme mold in their house and had to get it um uh had to get it all like fogged which there's like a new fog that you can do i'm gonna try to get them people on the podcast actually i got a connection with a a friend of a friend through them so i'm gonna see if i can get pure maintenance on the show about the fog and what they do but um so the mold happened. We're Hang on. So tell people why they have to throw their stuff away because I feel like people might think it's dramatic that uh, we threw everything away and didn't just remove ourselves from the environment. Yeah. So if anybody wants to watch, uh, Dave Asprey's got a, uh, one of the better documentaries. I think it's called moldymovie.com. Um, it's free. You can just stream it and it's like an hour long and it goes over a lot of the dangers of mold. And there's people on there who were like, couldn't go to work and were sleeping 22 hours a day and all this stuff. And now they're better. Um, so there's a lot on there, but what happens is mold can just travel on anything that's really like porous. So, you know, picture like, you know, your couch, your bed, paper, things like that. So if it's like plastic or if it's metal, you can use certain uh, sprays and things that and wipe those down really well. And you can take that type of stuff with you. But it's like, that's like 10% of your stuff. Mm-hmm. The other 90% of your stuff, like it comes with it. Like it's, it's part of the deal. So like you can move out of a moldy place and you take your bed and then you still sleep eight hours with your face covered in mold every night. So it's one of the hardest decisions you could ever make is to like throw away your bed and all this stuff. Like, it it's just so expensive and so nerve wracking. But if like if you are getting reintoxicated daily, you're never going to detox from that exposure as well. So you have to remove the source. And so if you don't do that, it's just I mean, you're going to have up. You're just swimming upstream the entire time and it's going to be very, very tough. And all I mean, I listen to podcast after podcast. I've said the same thing. And so that's why I do like the uh, pure maintenance stuff. And I want to have them on for had we known about that, maybe we could have fogged everything and saved us. You know, it's not cheap to do the pure maintenance stuff. It's like a certain amount per square foot. So it depends on like how big your house is. But, you know, it's a couple grand, two, three grand. But if your bed's worth more than the two, three grand by itself, then it's probably makes sense, right? Because then you got to throw your bed, your dress or your couch, everything you own. So if everything you own costs 10, 15, 20 grand or more, depending on just like how nice your house is, it's worth it to spend the two or three grand. So I wish more people knew about that as well. And we didn't know about that at the time. And that's a newer company. And so I do want to see if I can get them on and uh, have more uh, awareness around there is a option, but also 
you know, if you're having a, uh, that's just, if there's like an old leak or something, if you, there still might be some remediation you have to do. Like if your roof is constantly leaking, you can't just get it fogged. So there's, it just depends on the severity of your situation and what you have going on. But, um, so the fog is one option if you are not attached to the stuff and just want to get out of there and just move wherever and hope that it doesn't have mold. Um, you're going to have to toss your stuff and that's just, the sad reality of the world we live in and what it is. And I think I'm going to interview this guy who makes these mold resistant, like free houses, which would be super cool. I don't know. He uses different materials and different things, but also not everyone's got the money to have this guy come out and build him a house from scratch either. So that's also like not for everyone as well. So it's just a sticky situation and it's, financially draining and we had credit cards out and we had payment plans and we had all <laughs> kinds of things going on it's most especially because we were paying for our wedding at the same time that was the other fuckery of it all like weddings aren't cheap and then you just throw away everything you own and then it, <laughs> living in tampa is not cheap and then it's like everything we do from the supplements and the protocols aren't cheap it was just like money coming out of your ears to all the things that you didn't want to pay for yeah, we <laughs> that was a really, really tough time. But I will say um, not being attached to my stuff anymore is such a free way of living. So when we like rebought our furniture, we just bought really nice stuff that we really like. And, you know, in our 20s, you kind of just accumulate things as you go. And so what we had at our last house, like it wasn't like it was the best of the best. But now when we purchase something, we just spend the money. We make sure we really like it. Are we going to have it for a while? Like, does it match our vibe? And I just plan to, you know, keep it minimal and keep it nice. And now I like go through all my closets and look for like, what can I throw away? Like, <laughs> what can I get rid of after moving so many times? Um, and realizing like we're just a slave to our stuff. A lot of times we work so that we could buy more things and then we buy more things and then we work more. And I just really live in the way of like, is do I need this? Do I love it? Like, is it going to add joy to my space? And that's when I purchase something. I would much rather spend my money on other investments and all the other stuff we have going on than like I haven't hung a single thing on the walls here and I don't intend to. And, you know, there's part of me that's like low level trauma from mold and having to move and throw my stuff away anyway. But there's also part of me that's like, I want to just decorate my space with plants and I want to keep it minimal so that when we do move again, you know, it's easy and like I don't put my value in the material things that I have in my house. Yeah, I I mostly spend my money on stuff to clean up the space, air purifiers and different biohacks and things that I needed to get healthy. So um that's just kind of where my focus has been after being once you get sick like that, you don't even um ever care about a lot of the things that you used to care about and you don't worry if a air purifier costs a bunch of money, you're like, This is for my health, it's for my health. And so that all sounds dramatic and that's literally just the very first thing. Like it's not even <laughs> close to where we're about to go. It's insane. We could probably talk for 10 hours. So I'm going to try to uh, control the situation and so that we can keep it into keep it into a normal format of at least a couple, three hours, something like that. Um, so after we moved, you know, I'm just doing this like mold protocol. We had bought this uh, sauna. So I'm like doing these ozone saunas and taking all these binders and following all this mold protocol and trying to lower my histamines and all these different reactions I was having. And um, 
we get married and we get through that. So then we're done paying for that. And it's like a couple months after that. And I'm just still dead. Like just like maybe even deader than I was like in the mold. Like I was just trying so many things and it just like was not working. And I was just so fucked up. And so finally it's like, we're getting to this point where it's almost like we just got married and like our relationships, like, worse it's ever been honestly mm-hmm. when it's supposed to be like in the honeymoon phase until like everyone else probably thought everything was going great like we moved to tampa we're doing great things and we're doing whatever and it, in reality i was literally brain dead and fatigued and had no emotional capacity and just was literally like a zombie and just making enough money to survive and get by and pay for my supplements and praying that one day i'd get healthy so I'm like, you know, all right, I've heard a bunch of podcasts with this um, this guy, Dr. Minkoff. So I'm like, I'm going back and forth between Dr. Minkoff and Dr. John Laurent. Like, they're both amazing. They're both, you know, one's in Clearwater, one's in Sarasota. And I don't know. Finally, I just pulled the trigger. I was like, all right, I'll go out to Minkoff. And they like, um, on the thing, they're like, or on the uh, like call when I'm setting up the appointment, they're like, well, he only deals with like Lyme disease and cancer. Like, do you have either? And I'm like, I don't know. All I know is I am literally like awful. Like I am just so messed up. Like it feels like every system in my body's not working and I'm just so tired and I have so much joint pain. And like so what like, were, like, what were all your symptoms at the time? Um, extreme joint pain, like down to the bone, like just... Like if I wouldn't go do yoga, I w- every joint would just like hurt. Like every muscle ache, like shoulders, hips, neck, back, and then. But then I would go do the hot yoga, and those things would feel a little bit better. But then, it, like the hot yoga would just wipe me out, though. So then I'd be so tired from the from the yoga because it was just hot and it was hard. And it was just insane. So then like sometimes I would just do the really easy yoga at the house in the backyard or whatever, just anything. Like if I didn't stretch like good stretches, like three and four times a week, like I was hurt everywhere and I couldn't sleep. I just, my, my back hurt. Like I was just tossing and turning. Um, like my short term memory was insane. Like people would be like, Oh, you're so smart. You know, all this stuff. And it was like, they don't realize like I forgot more in the past few years than I've actually learned. Literally. That's just how often I was like obsessed, like tunnel vision about fixing myself. And I would just learn whatever I could, even if it didn't directly apply to me. Cause maybe, cause I didn't know what was wrong with me. So I'm like, maybe it will apply to me. Cause I don't know what's wrong with me. Maybe I'll try this new, I'm trying new diets, new supplement, new protocols, new everything. And then, so finally I'm just like, all right, this doctor's, so damn expensive i'll just go out and see him it was like 600 bucks just to even see him and i go out there and he takes like dark field muscropathy or however you say it uh, basically like takes a sample of your blood and puts it under this uh little dark light and basically shows like all these biofilms and bacterias and how just basically my blood just like was not working and then he muscle tested me for all this different stuff. And so it comes down to it and I have Lyme disease. I have Epstein-Barr. I have Babesia. I have severe like gut issues from it all. I have parasites. I mean, it was just like I had everything. 
And he was like, if basically told me like, if you didn't, weren't doing all the things you were doing from your diet and your supplements and suppositories and coffee enemas and everything, like you literally would be bedridden. Like you wouldn't be able to do anything. So Matt's day to day, he went to work still as a server four or five nights a week, but he did nothing, nothing, not a single thing all day, every day besides sit in the sauna, take his supplements, do coffee enemas, lay outside, just every, just literally like eight hours a day. It didn't matter. You were dedicating to just being alive and having enough energy to go to work. Like walk someone through your day. Like what would your day, your day to day look like at that point before you even saw mink off just to keep surviving? It just, yeah. Sometimes I was doing two coffee enemas a day, which they take like about an hour a piece um sitting they had the sauna at the house so i would sit in that and i'm just taking binders um tried different like heavy metal chelation protocols and i'm just taking like all these like different organ supplements and multivitamins and i tried every diet in the book i mean it was just i didn't reach out to people i didn't call people i didn't talk to anyone i just read things online i listened to podcasts and i just was literally woke up battling for my sanity every single day and nothing else mattered i i didn't even have the emotional capacity or support like to call people and to check in like i just was so fucked up and the other thing is like no no one really understands like you when you don't look sick on the outside like you don't look like you have cancer you're not like 130 pounds or anything People are like, oh, he's just a little sick, but he's like, all right. But it's like, I am not all right. Like, I am fucked up. Like, I am on the brink of possibly losing the only girl that I've truly loved. We just got married. Like, we're talking, I'm telling her to leave me because I'm so fucked up. Like, I am depressed 24-7, and all I do is sit around praying and hoping and, you know, with... I mean, I was trying. It wasn't like I wasn't trying. I was doing all kinds of things. They just were not getting to the root cause. And it was just insane because I was doing some pretty advanced stuff for what my budget could fit. And it just wasn't working. And so. And that's the other thing is, you know, everything costs money. And you at that time did try to not self-diagnose, but you were trying to figure out things on your own and try different. Even, you know, every so often you would like get blood work done by a certain doctor or you would, you know, research like someone's protocol and like do the whole thing. And it was just like you trying to do things on your own. But like all of that costs a lot of money and you had already been paying um, that's off after getting your cavitation surgery and your, all your dental work straight, you know, three years prior, right. When we moved to Tampa. So it's like, at some point you're just like tapped out financially and it's like, okay, well I can't afford to do anything else. So, and that's with you spending every single dollar you have on trying to get healthy and trying to like figure it out on your own. So it was just so much like back and forth of like, try one thing. You might feel better or think you feel better for one month. And then you're just like right back where you you were or maybe even worse off and just trying one more thing and this is going to be the cure-all and then it works for a couple weeks and you're like a little bit happier we can go on one date and you're lively and then it's like right back to all Matt can do is lay on the couch and it started to just get to the point where I was like you know, it took me a while to understand as well. And like Matt said, like when you're an outsider, you don't get it. And if you don't have a chronic illness, you don't get it. And even when I lived with someone with a chronic illness, 
a lot of times for many years, I thought he was just being dramatic and sensitive to things. Like Matt is a really extreme person and I feel like he's sensitive in a lot of ways. And I'm like, you're just so like affected by things. Like I'm not affected in the way that you are. And you know, you don't really take it seriously. And then it becomes like year after year after year where your husband's non-functioning and you're like, okay, there is something really wrong with him. And there's no way I'm just faking it for three years. Yeah, like, it's like maybe a, six months already. That'd be a pretty dramatic. good acting uh, <laughs> skill that you would need to just be fucking around and faking it for three years. Like I am fucked up. Yeah, and it just went on for so long. And then then we started to have problems in our marriage directly connected to just the way that he was feeling and how he could show up for me or not show up for me. And you know, we had just had our wedding and it's supposed to be one of the happiest times in our lives. And so this took him to going to Minkoff. Like it was finally like, okay, who do you think can fix you? And I don't care how much it costs. You have to do it. Like this, like this is it. Like you have to just go and try and I don't even care how much it costs. We'll figure it out. And he was like, Minkoff's the guy. (laughs) And he went. (laughs) So I went to Minkoff and I had Every illness known to mankind, <laughs> and uh, it was like twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, I didn't have all the money, and it was over like a time period because it was just like well, that's with all the supplements and the protocol. So he had me on this protocol where I was driving forty minutes one way out there to do like two days a week, like full protocols. Like I'm doing this Hocat sauna, which is this extreme, like PEMF ozone style sauna. I'm doing ozone IVs. I'm doing Myers cocktail IVs. I'm doing glutathione IVs. I'm doing vibration plates and PEMF therapy. Um, I'm doing like allergy elimination training with like this Eastern medicine lady. I'm getting injections in all of my scars because my scars I muscle tested for were playing a big role. And I have all these scars behind my ears from my ear surgeries and different things. And I mean, it was just never ending. I was probably on like 50 supplements a day. Like the entire kitchen was just filled with my, my Lyme supplements. So when I was doing that, I really couldn't think about anything else because it was hard enough to just think straight better yet. Um, take all these supplements. I mean, I had so many herbs, so many gut products, so many different things. Um, I was doing combo at the time cause that's supposed to help with Lyme and mold and everything. And I mean, I was just wiped during that. And I was really messed up and that got me quite a bit better. Um, definitely like jumped over a hump. I think eradicating the Lyme. Like I think you probably do need to get to the core of that first um, when you're dealing with Lyme. But then I also think Lyme comes with other things like heavy metals and other things that are shutting your immune system down that allow the Lyme and the Epstein bar and everything to run rampant. But I did that and it was like 20 grand and then still owe like eight grand on it. Like I literally had to put a bunch on a, on a health credit card and it was crazy because I had already put like 12 grand in dental work on a health credit card at a point, which is not now paid off. But so I still owe like eight grand literally like so people are like, oh, how'd you pay for everything? Because you spent like 60, 70 grand on all your stuff like you spend every dollar and you use credit cards. You, like <laughs> if you're that sick, you don't care. People are like, oh, buy a coach, save for this. I'm like, dude, I literally got 20 grand going to my Lyme disease shit. Like I didn't, I just bought all new furniture. Like I don't, I don't got it. And, um, so that protocol was super intense, was super draining. And I was out there like every, uh, twice a week, Monday and Friday doing all the super advanced stuff. 
And then, um, to be honest, I got a lot better, but I still was like, wasn't there. And so that was depressing again, because I'm like, he's saying I don't have a line, but I'm having severe neurological like issues still. Like I'm better. Like I can handle some more foods. Like I'm get like definitely like the Lyme and the Epstein bar and the Babesia and stuff are gone. I'm not testing for that anymore, but, um, I'm still having dramatic neurological stuff, which in a sense makes sense. Like your nervous system was so jacked up and hijacked for so long from the Lyme and the Lyme kind of burrows down into your, into your brain. It's a very, very tricky bacteria to get rid of along with the cofactors or the, um, co-infections, I guess I should say that come with it. They really, really attack your nervous system and they shut down your detox pathways and they do a lot of things. And I think when you tell people you have Lyme, they don't even understand the severity. Like my doctor only works with Lyme and cancer patients. Like that's how serious, like it's, there's people who die from Lyme. Like if you don't attack Lyme and go, you are going to slowly on a slow decline to nothing to where you're like in a wheelchair and not moving. Like you are just going to keep being more and more fucked. And so like, it's, it's, it's hard to get rid of for a lot of people as cancer. Some people get lucky. Like I heard Tim Ferriss say he was like super severe neurological stuff and he just went keto and it went away. Like that's luck. Most people have an extremely hard time with it. Never get to the root of it. But, um, I was really never going to accept that. So then I just did some more research, kept researching Lyme, researching Lyme, and I'm taking high dose melatonin suppositories and NAD suppositories. And then, um, I finally stumbled upon minerals and uh, I'm going to be trying to do a lot of shows around minerals where I think that they are the backbone. They create all the enzymes that your body needs to detoxify, to function and toxins and different things will easily, easily deplete a lot of your mineral stores. And since I've been doing like more mineral balancing style programs the last six months, I've definitely dramatically improved by far the most in a way that I have out of any of the other protocols. So, uh, I guess it's just kind of insane. Like I even seen one of the best doctors and I still had to go do my own research and try to figure out things on my own. And it's just been a long, long fucking like four years to say the least. Four consistent years of this consumes you all day, every day. It still does to him. And it still does. Yeah. I can go do some things now and it's fine. But like, I still have to take a lot of supplements. I'm doing a lot of just balancing and like I can be wiped out for sure, but I can at least go do stuff and I can handle a lot of foods that I used to not be able to, um, still might have like gas or like a little bloating for, but for the most part, like can like enjoy things for sure. Like dramatic improvement in the last six months for sure with the minerals like it's just insane like I don't have to like worry about every little thing like I used to so that's been great so I'm uh really really excited to see where that takes me in like the next six months for sure because the, these six months have been hard but I feel like they've been getting easier and it can only get better and so um yeah so I've just that's the main reason I had to quit the podcast. I was just having severe brain fog and fatigue. And back then I was editing everything myself, doing all the clips for Instagram myself, posting everything myself. And 
it was it was a lot to do behind the scenes. It might seem like just oh, a little couple hour episode, but it, it's actually a lot to schedule everybody yourself to do everything, edit everything. So it was just a lot, and I just couldn't even uh, keep up with it. And so now we're here, and we kind of um, just brushed past the cavitation and the dental stuff, but I want to touch on that just for a minute. Um, so I had like 12 grand in dental work. I had uh, one mercury filling that was covered up by a um, silver crown that I had since a kid. So I had to get that taken off and um, the mercury filling removed and then the tooth was dead. So I had to get that tooth pulled. But then I had these four cavitations, which I had done a bunch of research on. And um, from my understanding, when you get a tooth pulled by a regular dentist who isn't a holistic dentist, and there's like a periodontal ligament in there that um, they have to like cut it a certain way or they have to do something to that ligament so that it doesn't create these cavitations. So if you've had ever had your wisdom teeth pulled or a tooth pulled, you have like a 90% chance of having a cavitation unless you went to like an IAOMT um, dentist who does it the right way. So I had four cavitations, which basically they cause these pockets where you got your tooth pulled and like diff the mold and different bacteria and things can harbor in there and grow in there and your immune system can't get to them. And so then it really, really just throws your immune system out of whack. So that's just like another layer is like dental work is really super interconnected to everything, especially those cavitations and uh, mercury fillings for sure. So, um, and now you just recently got your cavitations out what, a week ago. Yeah, it's been one week. Yeah. So we've kind of both had some similar journeys as well. So why don't we um, kind of jump track from my journey to kind of your journey as well because you've had a hell of a year too yeah I've had quite the health journey the last couple of years myself and really since being uh sick from mold or at least like being aware that I don't feel right in my body um I totally went down my own rabbit hole of figuring out what might be affecting me and I did feel better when we moved out of the house and we were staying with my friend and then we moved into our next rental into a clean environment, but I just still didn't feel right and I knew something was off and I had already been down the rabbit hole of breast implant illness because that's what I originally thought I had before we kind of pinned it to the mold and like I said earlier, the symptoms are very, very similar, but I started to just feel worse over time and yeah. I tried to diet down before my wedding. When I bought my wedding dress in 2020 and our wedding got canceled 10 days before we were originally supposed to have it, you know, I was like in the gym, I was eating super clean, I was just like getting smaller and more fit and kept like getting my dress altered to my body. And then boom, we were in quarantine. And so over the course of the full year until I had to wear my dress again, I gained a couple pounds. It wasn't anything crazy. But I definitely had to diet down before my wedding in February 2021. So I started in January. I went full keto. I, um, you know, ate a low calorie diet. I exercised every day. It was kind of the only time in my life that I had to quite literally just like cut weight and fit into this fucking dress. And it was miserable. It was absolutely miserable. I pulled it off for sure. But after that, I just 
didn't feel right. I started to get my period every couple weeks, which was really strange. I felt like my hormones were off. And then it was just the rest of the year, I would just bloat after everything I ate. I gained a lot of weight really quickly. Um, I kind of yo-yoed back and forth with the way that I looked, with the weight that I gained. I started to have a lot of brain fog and other neurological problems myself. Um, They weren't as bad you know, during the height of the mold stuff, but they definitely continued on. And I was doing the protocols. I was taking the detoxes. I was sitting in the saunas. And then as I did more research on breast implants, I was like, you know, I'm trying to detox my body from mold. And how can I detox when I have these huge toxic implants in my chest? And literally your implants block your lymph nodes that are in your armpits, like your drainage systems. So every time I would sit in the sauna, I'm like, yeah, I feel better for the moment. And then I just literally feel like I'm baking these toxins from the inside out. And I'm like, God, this just feels so weird. Like this isn't right. And so then I did more research and I started to realize, you know, you just aren't going to detox when you have toxic implants. And as I learned more about root cause stuff, you know, just like your dental work, implants are the same. They're going to cause autoimmune issues down the road. Um, They're going to allow for a really hard time detoxing. And then it was just, okay, I need to get these things out. But I had went back and forth about that decision for so long. And then I started to really notice my symptoms. And for me, when I was sick from mold, you know, like I said earlier with Matt, you know, you're so sensitive to everything. Like I'm not as affected as you. And like while I was like never as sick as he was, I just kind of could breeze past everything with like the busyness of my schedule. So I was still just like moving and shaking and being productive. And um, I never really stopped to realize how shitty I felt until it was time to stop and realize how shitty I felt. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, I'm fucked up. Like my hands feel weird. My face is really swollen. Like my, I can't eat or drink anything that's not 100% clean. I blow up. Like I have this weird sensitivity to light. Everything in my body like hurts my joints. Like I would work one bartending shift. I would feel like I had been on my feet for three years. It was just like so like dramatic. My back hurt, my neck hurt. I was um, getting massages and body work done like literally every two weeks for maintenance on my body. And then I was like, I feel like I can't breathe. Like I would lay down, just the heaviness of my implants on my chest would make me feel like my breathing was really constricted. I felt like I couldn't even take a deep breath and fill up the top of my lungs. I had chest pains all of the time. And for the last four years of having my implants, I had a lump on my right breast that I would have to have monitored by ultrasound every year. And it was non-cancerous, but it was there. Um, A fibroadenoma, it was called. And I would go back for ultrasounds. And finally, within the last year of me having my implants, I got an MRI because I was like, something is not right. I'm either, I either have a leak or there's a rupture or I just need to check the integrity of the implant. So I got an MRI, everything came back normal, but I was just like felt, in so much pain all the time like this can't be normal and so then started to research options about um, explanting and getting them removed and went down the rabbit hole with that because if you're going to do a surgery like that you know you want to be taken care of by the best of the best so I landed on a doctor in Miami who had a one-year waiting list and I just called, put my deposit down that day it's like I don't need to see five different doctors to know that this is right um 
there's an implant illness group on Facebook that has hundreds of thousands of people in it. And I always saw Dr. Dev and Dr. Rankin, their names swirling around in there. So I was like, okay, this is the office that I have to go to. Um, I just made the appointment and I was like, even if nothing changes physically with my health, even if this is all in my head and nothing changes, I know that I'm making the right decision in the way of if I'm going to detox my body from mold, these things have to come out. And after being sick from mold and implants, you just never want to feel that way again. And you'll just do whatever it takes. If that means removing your implants and being flat chested, then so be it. So I explanted this year, March of 2021, 2022, and I have never felt better. So what, um, symptoms have you seen go 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 away since you got your breast implants out what'd you say when I woke up from surgery I took a big deep breath and immediately started crying because I felt like I could breathe again and I didn't realize that the implants were literally crushing my chest and constricting my lungs and when um the doctor cuts out your implants well Dr. Dev anyway he does a capsule cutting ceremony so they remove the implants and then there's a capsule that forms around your implants that literally protect your body creates to protect your body from the implant because there's a foreign object placed in your chest so women without breast implants don't have the capsule that surrounds the toxic implant only the like your that's your body's defense mechanism so they take out both things because the capsule can be contaminated as well and so the doctor gives you a video of him cutting the capsule and showing you the implant. So that's for women, you know, it, to see whether or not their implant was ruptured. Or a lot of times they'll be like bright fucking green. They'll have mold in them or they'll be so hard. And um, oh, my God, they're just it's disgusting <laughs> like what we put in our bodies. But in that video, Dr. Dev said that my one implant on my right rib cage was very stuck to my rib and that can affect your breathing. So I thought that was interesting because one of my big symptoms in that last year of having implants was I I literally feel like I can't breathe. Um, so that was a big one for sure. Immediately, my back and my neck did not hurt. And I had been seeing chiropractors for years. I, like I said, got body work done twice a month you know, $150 massages just for my body to not be in pain. I had no back pain, no neck pain, no joint pain. Um, I immediately lost bloat. Like my face was slimmer. I took pictures before and after pictures within one month. It just, all the inflammation in my face went down. Um, just everything improved. Like every single thing. That's amazing. And, uh, I guess I'll throw this out there too. You have um, a bunch of those slides saved on your Instagram, right? Like people can go see like your whole explant kind of yeah, it's up under my stories with your dreams and everything. So you have that saved. So if anybody's got implants or know someone who's um, dealing with some things, they can definitely go check out that. It's pretty long and pretty in depth from having the drains and what happened and how you felt and overcame everything. So that's pretty cool. Um, Also, I guess we'll touch on this. What did you um, find in your research about copper IUDs and um, how you felt around that and what changed when you got that taken out? Yeah. So making this decision to remove my breast implants obviously sent me down a root cause healing journey for sure. And I want to backtrack on this too. For some of the detoxes we were doing for mold, we were using cytodetox, which that does detox heavy metals. Yes, it, it pretty much grabs everything. It's like a, it's like a 
all-encompassing kind of mold, toxins, plastic. It's it's pretty good at detoxing everything. You you shouldn't just go take cytodetox. You need a lot of other cofactors that'll help support the drainage pathways and, and your liver and everything in that. But as far as it being like a natural zeolite that kind of grabs up a little bit of everything, it, it does do a really good job. Yeah. So I was just so tripped out about the fact that I was like taking these detoxes and Breast implants have over 30 toxic heavy metals and chemicals in them. So even though they tell you that they're safe, even though that they tell you that they're made of silicone, yes, silicone is an ingredient in it. There are also so many other toxic chemicals and heavy metals. So that is just constantly circulating around your body. And so what I just felt like, what is the point of detox if I'm like, have this thing inside me that's going to constantly be feeding chemicals into my body when I'm trying to grab all these things up? It just didn't make any sense. So that brought me to, okay, well, I've had a copper IUD for 10 years. And what could that be doing to your body? And I really didn't even need to go down a rabbit hole. I was just like, you know, this isn't a natural thing and I need to get it out. <laughs> because once you start removing things, you, re- you remove the source, you remove the infections, you remove the toxicity. I was just like, I don't even care. Take it out of my body. And so did you... Um have any alleviation of like symptoms from that at all as far as like period regularity or different things from um from that or you just were like fuck it take it out I don't want it just because it's not natural I got it out about a month after I removed my implants so I don't feel like independently I noticed a ton of difference from just removing my IUD but I will say Um, My periods are so light. They're lighter than when I had it. And now that I track, they're super regular. Like they're regular like to the day, um, you know, sex is better without the copper IUD in. I felt like I had painful sex a lot of times and then I got it out and I was like, oh, wow, this feels so much better. Um, and, And now I also don't use any tampons either. So I think that that plays a role as well. I've just really been letting my yoni heal. I bought the Thinks period underwear and the period biker shorts and they have leggings and I just free bleed for days and it's really fucking empowering. I will tell you that. I think that we're made to be cut off from the natural rhythms of the way things are supposed to be as far as cycles of the moon, cycles of your body, and tapping into really keeping track of that and living in a way that you're like rhythmic with your cycle feels really, really good. So I think that there's, for me, there's been so much empowerment in tracking my cycle and knowing when I'm ovulating and, um, you know, tracking my period and knowing when that's going to come and letting my body just free bleed without being ashamed of the changes that it's going through. And, um, that's been really, really a good experience for me. Yeah. It's been really, I'm kind of getting to the point where it's like pretty much any procedure that like does something unnatural is going to come with a side effect of some sort. Mm. Like no matter what, like, I don't care if you put a metal rod in your knee I feel like, yeah, it might help your knee or help whatever's going on. And maybe you do need that if something dramatic happened, some dramatic um, type of car accident or something crazy. But I would really, really like for me, I would go super hard with like some form of like physical therapy and stretching and just like try anything in the world not to get anything unnatural on my body because there's always a side effect and it's crazy because like you can find these type of groups online and like they're everyone's like 
in there like, yeah, I messed up. Yeah, I messed up. And then you go to the doctor and they don't give you any of that. Same thing with uh, prescriptions, man. It's just like insane. The package insert on a prescription just has so many side effects. And it's like when there's just like, they don't want to like look up your mineral imbalances or your fat soluble vitamins or just like the literal building blocks of your body, amino acids. No, like no one's looking at these type of levels. And to me, I'm so frustrated by it. And through my experiences, like that's why I'm going to become a practitioner because I want to keep diving over the next three to five years and really get to an understanding point of where like the real root cause is. And I feel like even a lot of people go to like so many people even hit me up like, I've been taking all the supplements from this functional medicine practitioner and I just feel like they're pushing supplements on me. So it's like even a lot of people in the functional space, they're really not looking upstream. They're just not. They're not checking heavy metals. They're not checking for random toxins. They're doing blood work and labs and gut, you know, gut samples, which all play a role. But it's like, what is actually causing that? If someone comes into you and they're taking good supplements and they're eating a clean diet and they still have yeast and candida and all these things, why won't it go away? And it's like, they're not, a lot of them aren't getting to the root cause. And I'm just like trying to be a part of that change. And I'm just, I just have to be, I feel too called to do it. And, but I just need better credentials and a better understanding of it so that I can actually read the test well and do things. And it's just sad how many, how much, um, you have to do you be your own health expert and your whole own health detective and really dive in and do all of your own stuff like no one's here to save you like they just they aren't doctors aren't taught nutrition they aren't taught they're basically under a umbrella of pharmacopoeia like they don't want you in there like pushing things that the insurance companies or the pharma companies can't make money off of basically. And then you go to the functional people and they're just trying to give you a thousand herbs and different things. And they're not looking at basic mineral panels. And it's like, I don't have nothing against herbs, but I think the herbs a lot of times um, can do well, but they're also, I think trying to do the things that minerals really will do. And so not to say that there's time and place for herbs and maybe I'll study herbs one day and get more into those as well and utilize a few of those. And I like oregano and some different things. And I use a lot of herbs in my Lyme protocol that I thought worked too well. Almost those things actually fucked me up. These monasteria herbs, I'd like to, uh, almost, uh, study herbs just to be able to like, uh, use those herbs in my practice. Just specifically, there's like a bunch of monks praying around these herbs and they're, they're insane. They worked too well. Like I felt the die off reaction from taking the monastery herbs was instant. Like I was like, stare at these pills. I knew I was going to take them and I knew I was going to feel fucked up in 20 minutes. <laughs> and it happened every time for like pretty much the whole line protocol. So there's nothing against herbs that the right herbs probably work really well and then there's a lot of cheap herbs too right coming from china and have heavy metals so you're kind of getting re-intoxicated as you're trying to heal something so i don't know i'm still on the fence about all of the herbs and i would be very cautious about where i um, got those and trying to dig more into like minerals fat soluble vitamins amino acids play a big role and i just think a lot of functional people aren't looking at that and so um I guess a couple more things just on like illness and while we're on here and it's like, um, I kind of want to, I guess, shift it from us and 
kind of think like, you know, like looking back, like, would you have like tried to support me in other ways? I'm trying to give people maybe like some insights um, now that we're kind of over the hump, but looking back, like if they're in the middle of like dealing with somebody who's sick and they don't know what's going on and they don't understand it. So like looking back, would you have like handled certain things different ways or do you have any advice for somebody who's in the midst of it right now? The biggest piece of advice that shifted my thinking was from a therapist that we saw and he told me, would you want your husband to have empathy for you and support you if you were sick? If you were in Matt's position with a chronic illness, would you want him to have more empathy for you than what you have for him right now? And that answer was yes, because there was a point that I was so frustrated by it selfishly and for good reason, both. Um, and I was just so over it that it was hard to have empathy because it had just had been going on for so long and all the things and you kind of put your needs to the side when your partner's ill. And that really helped reframe my thinking because if I was in your position, I would want you to wait for me forever if I was battling that. And I think that that kind of softened me a little bit. And that seems really like simple advice, but it's not easy at all because there's a fine line between having empathy and supporting your partner and sacrificing what you need or want and still having boundaries around what your needs are and knowing that they need to be met within a marriage. So I think having more empathy, but still, you know, within your set of boundaries is the best piece of advice that I could give. Yeah. I, it's, it's hard. I think, uh, Dr. Pompa, like the statistics, like 90% of relationships don't work with a chronic illness. It's something, it's something dramatic. It's just, it's so hard on the other person. And also looking back, I feel like you probably were just like overriding your illnesses and so like the lack of empathy in general also is like you're struggling in your day-to-day -day more than you actually think. And so you're tired and you're doing things so that like had you have been full of health and vibrant and whatever, you possibly could have had a little bit more room for like that empathy and that and to like maybe take care of me a little bit. But it was like you were also sh shifting into your own business and trying to figure that out. And it's like we moved to one of the more expensive cities in the entire country. So we're trying to make ends meet and rebuy all this shit. And it was just such a like evolving time period. And like, you know, had this happened when we lived back in Flint, we had no rent, no nothing like could have been like so dramatically easier. Right. Except for down here, you pay $2,000 to live in a house down here and that's just your rent. And it's just like insane. Um, so I was trying to give some people advice, but I would say to really try to maybe check in with them, ask them what they need, what it, you know, what they want. I've been trying to do that with you a little bit with your surgeries, even though I still wasn't feeling all the way the greatest. I'm like, I know she's maybe not feeling like me, but she, I, if you feeling bad at all, I know how you feel. Cause I really, I really been there. I've been to the darkest days and overall, um, I think it'll probably end up being one of the greatest gifts though. It's like, we'll never take our health for granted again. We know so much about health that we can help other people. It's like, you have to like do all this digging 
and it's going to end up being your greatest your strength like it, it was once the biggest weakness and it was the most dramatic and it could have possibly cost us our marriage but um you know through sickness and health baby you know and uh i think it will end up being our superpower for sure and the way we just you know raise our family and uh, nutrition wise and our health of our kids and the things that we focus on instead of you know, whatever, instead of worrying about what clothes they got, it's like, what are they eating? How, how healthy are they? You know, because we, we realize now that that health is going to have a direct impact on their emotional well being, And so, and as well as ours. And so to be present and to be fully capable of that kind of emotional capacity is like, it, ta- it takes health. And that's why I really wanted to dedicate this year. My intention for 2022 was to smash all of my root cause health issues because my eyes have been open to that as well. And, you know, I was never as sick as Matt was, but I knew something wasn't right in my body and I knew that I could feel better. And I did see a lot of improvements after I removed my breast implants. And I just had all my dental work done last week. I had four cavitations removed and a tooth that had an infection at the root that they would otherwise suggest a root canal for. Those are really toxic in the body because they leave the dead tissue in your mouth. And so it can harbor bacteria, even though they clean out the infection and fill it with uh, clean material. Um, Leaving the dead tooth in your mouth can mess up a lot of things downstream. And so I had that tooth extracted and I'm going to get a replacement. And I you know, was kind of in the same boat as Matt. Like, I don't care what any of this stuff costs. I want to figure it all out now and, you know, just set myself up for success moving forward because we have so many goals and so many things that we want to do. And I know what it feels like to be restricted by your health. I saw it in my husband. Um, I know that I didn't have as much energy as I could have the last couple years or the brain power. You know, there were like two full years that I literally felt like I didn't have a brain between having the brain fog and memory stuff from mold. And then that continued on through until I got my breast implants out. When you read something and you can't remember what you read or you're trying to teach a yoga class and you literally fucking forget the whole second side or you're talking to someone and you feel like you can't form a sentence, you just never want to feel that way ever again. It's really, really scary. You just feel like you're not even in your body. And so I was like, okay, this is it. Like last straw, like I don't care what anything costs, charge it to credit cards, put it on a payment plan. I'm going to figure out all my root cause stuff so that Matt and I are just like baseline, good to go, moving forward, looking forward to the next chapter of our lives. Like let's work through all the emotional stuff that this has brought upon our marriage from dealing with different health issues and lack of energy and lack of emotions and depression. And, you know, we've really worked hard to lay all that on the table this year and it's just time to move forward. So I want to kind of shift gears into not being so depressing and make the second half a little bit more uplifting and get into um, shifting into business and what we're trying to do and where we're going forward because, um, yeah, I mean, shouldn't all be Debbie Downer. We should kind of swing it uphill here. Um, so you, during this time, which is kind of touched on it, but you kind of shifted mostly out of doing the serving bartending thing and getting full-time into your business. So why don't you tell people like, how scary that was, what that looked like, um, what were the struggles of that, like not knowing what the fuck you were doing and just like taking that leap. So So when Matt did his Lyme treatment, we usually take one day off per week together. 
um, so that we can like spend the day together. But he needed his two days off to go out to Clearwater and do his Lyme treatment. So for six to eight weeks, I'd say he worked five nights a week and then was gone in Clearwater on his two days off. So when that was getting ready to begin, I was like, okay, this is a good opportunity for me to focus on business because I'm really not going to have a husband for the next two months and I'm going to have more free time to just jump in. So I invested $8,000 in my first coach. I started coaching with Steph Mato. She was absolutely amazing. But at that time, I kept going back and forth about, I don't know if I need a life coach. I don't know if I need a therapist. I don't know if I need a business coach. Like, I don't know what the fuck I need. But I am in a hamster wheel, just in a rut, in the same spot. So I need some sort of support to push me to the next level. And at the time, I was bartending three nights a week, um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I was teaching yoga at two different studios. And I had maybe like one or two personal training clients. And I knew that I wanted to shift more to full-time fitness, whether it's yoga, personal training. I just didn't really know like what that would look like. I did know that I like to make a lot of money. So that's why I've just worked in bars, weekend night shifts. You just cash out really quickly. And so it was, I wasn't in a position to take a pay cut and jump in and like have something not work, right? Like I needed to make a transition that was going to be really easy in the way of like I wasn't going to miss out on a lot of money. So I hired my first coach. I did a six-month coaching program with her, um, and it absolutely changed my life. She helped me identify a lot of blocks that had been holding me back. She helped me more than double my prices. Um, Since working with her, I've dropped two days down at the bar, so I just work on Saturday nights, and I really treat that as my investment money. I could be done if I wanted to, but it's my schedule just works for me right now. I end up only working there like three days a month. Um, I manifested so much stuff. I hosted my first yoga retreat. I just really like crushed it. I branched out online. I got a nutrition coaching certificate. I picked up several personal training clients. The evolution of that business has been so good. I started from training people for 30 bucks where I would drive to them to their house. I was literally driving in my car back and forth all across Tampa, like working a million hours, teaching these yoga classes that like didn't make sense um, to really being in charge and taking control of my schedule and It was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. I struggle with imposter syndrome a lot and feeling like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But now I realize, to be honest, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. (laughs) They just go out there and do it. And now I have so much more confidence to just go out there and do it. So I really got to step away from bartending, um, do my own full-time fitness thing, and I'm going to even be shifting gears further in the future and branching out into online coaching, mindset coaching, life coaching. And I'm really, really excited about that. So what, um, what do you think like your future coaching program will like involve and what will that look like? Well, I realize what I love about personal training, what I love about teaching yoga is not really the act of doing either of those things. It's holding the space for transformation for people. 
And in yoga, it's when I have my Dharma talk in the beginning of class and the themes that I choose for my yoga class, right? I always like to drop a little bit of wisdom or relate something that I'm going through um, as an experience to the student and allow the practice to unfold for them in that type of way, you know, some sort of theme or nugget of information or a life lesson or something. And you know, having people hug me after class and say, oh my God, that was so profound. Like I learned this, this, and this about myself. Like that's what I love. And when I'm in personal training, it's the relationship I build with people. I learn everything about their lives. I end up like life coaching them during our sessions. That's what I love about it. And so moving into just doing coaching, I'm so excited to be with people one-on-one to hear their struggles and help them reframe their struggles into superpowers because that's what I've been doing for the last few years. All the things I've struggled with with my health and the hard times in our marriage and um, the struggles that I've had in business with not knowing, not knowing what I'm doing or not realizing my value or my worth. Like when you can flip that around, reframe it and it becomes your superpower, it's so, so, so empowering. And so being able to hold the space for other people to have those transformations one-on-one together that just like lights my soul on fire. Like I get so lit up when I talk about it that I'm so excited to do that for people. So I really want it to be something that just holds so much value for the people that are going to work with me. And eventually I would also like to branch into group coaching and have different programs and things that I um, create, courses, so that I can reach the people that may just be starting out on their journey and they have no idea where to begin. They've never meditated in their life or they've never picked up a pen and journaled. And I can help the really high-level entrepreneurs that need to break through their next-level blocks. Um, I'm really excited to be able to do all of it. So, I But I am overall looking forward to the one-on-one connection because right now in the work that I do, that's like I really feel like is my soul's calling. It's so important to me. Yeah, I probably, I feel like that's why like all your personal trainer people, you end up loving you because of, they don't just get a workout, right? They get like a therapist almost or someone to vent to, or, um, just talk about anything they have going on and you're there for them. So it's like coaching is just going to be such a natural transition for you. And that's definitely probably the move for you, even though it's an expensive program and, but you'll make it all back. Super simple is just need a little guidance on exactly what to do there, but I think that'll be great for you and definitely. Yeah. When I started working with my coach, I was, you know, I didn't know how to get personal training clients to stay with me. So she had suggested, you know, having people pay up front for like a six month or a six week package or a three month package and having them, you know, need to, they need to commit to you. And every client I've picked up has literally stayed with me for like one or two years. It's just been, they've just been long-term clients. And a lot of them, I feel like, of course we get results in the gym, you know, but they just buy into me and my energy and we're a good fit together. And I've really learned how to manifest my dream clients that I love to work with through coaching with Steph. And I think that when you become more aligned energetically just to the work that you're supposed to be doing in the world, um, you know, it, it just all falls into place. The people that you're supposed to serve find you. I know that that's going to happen when I open my books for online coaching, one-on-one coaching. They're going to come. Um, but it's because I know how to do all the work behind the scenes on myself and my energy and my alignment and my manifestations with the universe. Like I spend so much time and energy doing that. And that's why I've been served well in my business. 
Yeah, 100%. We've done just so much work that, um, you know, I was just talking to a girl the other day about her health coaching stuff who was looking for a combo session. And she was just like, I just feel really, really connected to like everything you said. Like you like knew my health issues without even knowing like what I had going on. And I just think we've learned so much and done so much of the work that once we like formulate a package, it'll be really great. And it'll be cool too, especially for like some of them high level people that, um, once I am, um, like certified and I'm a practitioner and maybe if they want to do like some of the like nutritional stuff with me and you together, it'll be like a formulated package because we do, um, place emphasis on the, uh, nutrition aspect of, you know, performance, right? Like how to do that. And so while you have a lot of knowledge from me and from your own research, it'll be cool to maybe combine some of those higher level uh packages of people as well so yeah i'm excited i think that once i'm ready to launch my life coaching between all of my movement stuff and the mindset stuff and then among like what you have to offer someone will eventually be able to come to us and be able to get a whole life transformation down to the functions of the cells in their body up to their spiritual consciousness like we're going to be able to cover it all and it's going to be really fun to be able to combine forces in the future and really branch out in in that area of business you know like what do you need we got you (laughs) yeah it'll be it'll be that's going to be really dope so that'll be probably a couple years down the line i'll probably have my program done sometime next year and then i want to do one right after that but i mean i could start as long as soon as i get that first um certification out of the way so that'll be a big one that'll be a good step for us in the right direction and then so we've already kind of been working together as well um as far as retreats go you want to jump on over to how we kind of manifested these retreats and what they look like and what we offer So when I was working with Steph, she obviously challenged me to create some goals. And within our first three months, she challenged me to create high ticket price point packages. You know, what do you in it like a dream world? Like, what do you want to offer? Like, what do you want to do? Like, who are like your high paying clients? Like, and so we kind of, you know, did like the dream big stuff. And then like, what's the low hanging fruit? Like, what could you accomplish right now? And I was already taking like in-person clients and then branching out into nutrition coaching. And I was so fucking proud of myself for that because all of these things were brand new. Like I had only learned how to be a personal trainer months prior. And so to be able to shift from, okay, like your bartending is your main hustle to now you're going to just like open yourself up, take all these clients, like start this business, like amazing, like so good. Like what's next? And I'm like, you know, I like, I would love to plan a yoga retreat, but I don't feel capable of that. Like there's something and Also, like this was when my brain wasn't working like at full capacity too. I was still like feeling sick from implants and like just getting over the mold. So thinking of like hosting an entire retreat where I have to create the workshops and like do all of the things. I'm like, you know, I can teach yoga classes. That's fine. But like, what do I want to teach people? Like, what are like other things I have to offer? And I'm like, you know, this seems scary. It's a stretch, but it's not impossible. Like I'm going to manifest a yoga retreat. Like that's, that's next. That's kind of like mid-level of like, okay, it's attainable. And so then I started to brainstorm around like, what would my yoga retreat look like? Like, where would it be? What would we do? What would the structure of the weekend look like? And I would just like, look at this like blank piece of paper and like, I would be telling my brain, like brain, like I need you to work, like come online. Like, and I would just like, kind of like write up like my little dream weekend. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like doable. 
And then I'm like, you know, I want to have it accessible within a couple hours of where we live so people can drive. And so I like started looking at Airbnbs and I'm like, okay, this seems doable. And I just kept like dreaming about it, brainstorming. And I told Steph, I'm going to go look at this place this weekend. It's in Crystal River. It's about an hour and a half from Tampa. So I drove there, um, contacted the host to just see if I could look at the property. I went there and I was like, this feels right. I'm like, I'm going to host a yoga retreat. Just declared it, said it, put it on my Instagram and it filled up in one week, literally sold 10 spots in one week. And I felt like it was so soul aligned in that moment and something that I was supposed to do. So it was just like, Okay, I don't know why I feel called to do this, but I feel called to do it. Like, I'm going to fucking do it. And then when it sells out within a week, you're like, okay, well, maybe I'm supposed to <laughs> do this. This like feels right. And so then we had a couple months in between. Um, we did all the prep. We spent so much time cooking recipes and I planned the workshops and, you know, figured out what activities I wanted to do. And Matt was going to be the helper and cook all the meals and do the cleaning, the behind the scenes stuff. And then we just did the damn thing. I had <laughs> never hosted a yoga retreat before. I had only been to one yoga retreat as a guest and we just thugged it out. We just literally put on the most amazing weekend. We got such amazing feedback and it was a weekend for the books for sure. And after that, I was like, this feels right. This is something that we're supposed to do. Yeah, it was cool. It was, I mean, it was all women's retreat. So I was like definitely in the background. I didn't have much input besides the food, which some people would probably say like, why are you spending all your like time and effort like on that food? And I just feel like that part of it really brings everyone together and they feel good and they like that home cooked meal. And it's most of it's from the farm. The rest of it's all organic, you know, whether we ordered it online or, you know, we just got all healthy sauces from Primal Kitchen. And like, we just have so many assortments of different things and organic sprouted oats and yogurt from the farm and raw milk. And I mean, I just feel like that connection to the food and the gathering and the community of that is like a lost art in our time. It's like people would rather just like, I don't want to spend any time cooking or cleaning. I'd rather just like have all these like easy meals and we'll just like get to the yoga retreat. Or I would rather just have like someone come cook all these like simple meals or have them pre-made. And for me, who's so attached to food and who who wants to know where all this food comes from most of the time and who really thinks that like we grew as a culture as people whether we were indigenous just forever before we had phones and tvs and all this bullshit distractions and we had to work 70 hours a week like we had meals together that brought us together that tasted good that were healthy that weren't full of pesticides and toxins and different things and there is something about that that that's amazing and that really really forms like an even deeper connection so i spend a lot of extra time at these retreats really really consciously preparing each meal and i make some vegetarian meals for people because the yoga community sometimes is vegetarian although we're very heavy meat based nowadays um, i take that into consideration i try to have some some options for them and then options for the meat people and um, i just really really think that that part of the retreat that we throw is something that sets us different in that aspect. They see me working hard over these meals and they taste great and people love them. And 
I just really like the focus around that, although it could be easier. And yeah, if we go throw one um, overseas or something like that, yeah, you're going to probably have someone cook for you because you just don't know the grocery store there. You don't know where to get everything. You just, it would be too difficult to go there and try to figure out where to shop for 10 people for a week. But when we throw these ones that are closer and they're really um, near and dear to us, and uh, I really like to focus on that part and tell everyone it's like you know there's been people at each retreat honestly who don't even really eat meat who was eating the meat products because they knew it was from a really good farm and the animal was treated really well and that i you know slaved basically over this food for an hour and a half for them to enjoy this beautiful meal after they've been doing deep work and working hard all day and they're ready for lunch or they're ready for dinner and then i clean up after them and um, I just really want them to like feel cared for and feel nourished and feel good. And so, although I wasn't doing a whole lot in the women's retreat, which I probably won't be again in the women's retreats, but also just want to at least make them feel like we're hospitable and that everything's good and runs smoothly and that I'm taking care of them no matter if I got to go to the store or whatever I'm doing. And um, I think that's a great addition to it, don't you? Yeah, especially for the women's retreat, I really love having my husband in the kitchen cooking for everybody because as women, most times we're the caretakers for our family. And I think that there's so much power in taking these women out of their real lives and letting them be pampered by a man that's going to cook for them and clean for them. And they are just like, oh, thanks, Matt. You know, Matt like picks (laughs) up all the dishes and it's such a vibe. And so I think that that's a really sweet thing because probably at home for many of these women, they're the ones that cook for their husbands husbands and clean for their husbands and um every woman deserves a break and deserves to be treated like a queen so if I have to sacrifice my husband to do that for the weekend you know that's what we want to do is we want to take care of people and um really make them feel seen and cared for and that's really really important to me so I think that that's a really sweet element of our retreats for sure Absolutely. So do you want to kind of break down what the first retreat looked like and then we'll go into like how we leveled up and went to the second retreat like how did what did you focus around on the first retreat what what did the workshops look like like what did you bring out of the people in that first retreat sure so what I like to teach around is manifestation when I was figuring out you know what am I going to lead at these retreats like what's something that I love that I can talk about easily and it's a lot of the work that I've done the manifestation the dreaming the connecting to your higher self the releasing self-limiting beliefs so that you can reach your goals and set new intentions and become energetically aligned. So I did all my workshops around those concepts, which were really sweet. I loved it. Um, But I taught everything that weekend. So I would teach the yoga in the morning. I would essentially host the breakfast and, you know, Matt would cook and clean, but, you know, you move everyone from one activity to another. Then I would do a workshop. Then, you know, it was just constant all day, two workshops a day two yoga practices a day. Um, We created vision boards on the second day. And I was really just in charge of everything. It was more yoga for sure um, than I will have moving forward. But it was kind of like a, I won't say like airy fairy because we did guided journaling and we did meditation and we did work. But what I like to do is go deeper than what we went on the first retreat. The first retreat was just me 
knowing that I can lead a group, take them through an experience, you know, everything is cohesive and we did get really great feedback. We did. And we did do a, um, we did like a hop, a cacao sound healing on the last night that I think people enjoyed that they had never tried before. No one had ever tried hop a before, which, uh, I'll have a show about combo and hop a and stuff coming up soon, which is like an Amazonian tobacco snuff that I administered to everybody. And then we had them drink the cacao and then we had a, um, listening to smile sound healing that everyone had in their earbuds and, we got some good feedback on that. So it wasn't all yoga, but we also like let them drink wine the one night and we don't, I don't really like that. It kind of takes away from the experience because people wake up hungover and they're a little more groggy the next day. And it's just not really part of like, you know, you do all this deep, like emotional journey, journaling and journeys throughout the day. And then what, well, after you let all them emotions arise, you kind of suffocate them again through a bottle of wine. So we didn't really like that aspect, but we were just learning. We were like, whatever, maybe we'll have some wine at our retreats. And then now we're kind of like, nah, fuck wine. We're not doing no drinking. Yeah. My we're- original intention was basically, you know, a girl's weekend with yoga, with community, drink wine at the end of the night, like all good. You know, you're doing different workshops to learn a little bit more about yourself. We did a booty yoga practice on Saturday night, which was really fun because that's more primal and wild and you release a lot of energy and everything flowed, you know, one activity to the next. It had intention. It had purpose. The workshops built upon the other um but it was more like lax yeah and the space was beautiful it's like a cabin that sleeps everybody and it's overlooking the water and there's kayaks it was a little cold in january so i was the only one getting in the water because it was kind of like a cold plunge but it's very wooded and you know makes you feel like you're way out in nature and um you know the scenery is just great and the house is beautiful and they you know it's a great little spot that we found and people can just drive there really quick and then they can get out of their sunday night if they want to go to work monday morning or they can leave monday with us and take monday off work if they work and i mean it was all good we just charged really cheap and got it full and it was like what we needed to do to get that experience but then i felt like we really stepped it up with the second one so you want to dive into like how we progressed and what changed during the second one. Yeah. So that retreat was in January of this year. And so since then, think about it, Matt has done a total 360 with his health. And then I've done a 360 with my health, getting my breast implants out. And I've done so much healing this year, physical body, mentally, spiritually. And so we were looking towards the second half of the year and I just like wrote on my vision board I want to host a a, a retreat the second half of 2021 and profit x amount of dollars so that means that we needed to raise our prices Um, we were looking at rebooking the January retreat at the house that we already did it at just because it just worked so well and was easy and then we put an October retreat on the books and I had told Matt like because he offers combo now Let's incorporate combo. We'll do this retreat as a co-ed retreat. We'll do it more nitty gritty, kind of doing deep work. We'll add in the combo because that's a pretty intense ceremony. We'll do that one co-ed. You can co-host. You can do a couple workshops as well. And then the January one, we'll just book exactly the same, the women's one, just because it was it sold out instantly. I knew that I could sell it out quickly again. So we started to plan the October one. 
Um, we did, we filled it up plus one. So I wanted to take 10 people and then someone called me last minute and asked if she could add on. So not only did I manifest this retreat, we made the exact profit that I said I wanted to make. Uh, we added one more person. So we actually exceeded our expectations. And as we were planning everything for this retreat, we were like, we want people to do the work. Like we want this one to be like, we want them to dive in, right? So I had the same kind of themes for workshops. I edited them a little bit. I had to change them, of course. We decided to bring in a practitioner named Lisa Jameson. She's been in the yoga wellness game in Tampa for like 30 years. Uh, she's a breathwork practitioner, sound healer, somatic therapist. She's certified through Gabor Mate's program as a compassionate inquiry practitioner, She's literally fucking amazing. She's a good witch. She's a wizard. I will sing my praises for Lisa from the rooftops. We got her to come with us, which I feel like is a good accomplishment in itself because she's a really desired practitioner here. Uh, she agreed to come and do ceremony for our October retreat. So she did breathwork, sound healing. She did a really dope fire ceremony, intention setting, um, and Matt did combo for our group. And we did the work this weekend, which is exactly what we wanted. So I wanted to shift in the way of, well, I didn't realize this till we were there, but um, fuck yoga. (laughs) 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 I don't want to host yoga retreats. We want to host retreat retreats. We want to host personal development retreats, retreats where you dive in, retreats where you have the space and the time and the container to do the work and the support to do the work. And so this just kind of unfolded naturally for us um, when we brought our group in October. I did one yoga practice on Saturday morning, a really short yoga practice on Sunday morning, and like literally that was it. And I was like laughing when we were doing yoga on Sunday and I was like, okay, well, we should probably sit in meditation because we really haven't done that this weekend because everything was so much more than that. And I really got such a clear vision on what we're going to offer moving forward. And so one of the things that I've incorporated in my spiritual journey this past year is a static dance. And as I've gone to a static dance events over the past couple months, I'm like, we need to incorporate this. Like this is fucking powerful. Like this is dope. And so we brought a static dance to our retreat on Friday night. That was different than the first one. We brought combo. That was different than the first one. We took cold tubs and did hot cold therapy and every workshop built upon the one before it. I did a really nice workbook and so um, many like deep journaling prompts for people to, you know, do together to come to their next session, have to have done and, you know, intention set around that or to do on their own. So it was a big piece of like, you know, you can do this now or do this later. There's always autonomy in whatever you're going to offer to people, excuse me, to do less or to not do it at all. That's their choice. But when you're there, you're there to do the work and we are there to hold the space for you. So we really shifted gears and kicked it up a notch for sure moving forward in this October retreat. Yeah. So I guess we might as well like we'll break down kind of each of the modalities if people never heard of them. We kind of just like grazed over them real quick. So ecstatic dance is basically tribal, like spiritual style music, some upbeat, some a little bit slower and it's sober. And most people have never really danced sober. Like we're in um, a culture that just gets really drunk and then we like don't give a fuck. So then we go out and we go dancing and we do things 
um, that we don't remember and that we don't care because we're intoxicated and we're on drugs and we're on alcohol and who cares, right? So this, the power of ecstatic dance is for one, it's very tribal. So I feel like, um, it helps me like connect to something deeper. Like when I close my eyes and like that tribal music is going on, like I don't care how I'm moving. I'm just moving. Right. Sometimes I'm just like kind of marching, kind of tapping, just kind of moving, whatever. I might look stupid as fuck. I really don't know, but I'm just like in this music. Right. Just like, it just like encompasses me. And for the few first few songs, you're like, you're kind of tight. You're just kind of like still stuck in your monkey brain. Right. You're like, Oh, well, that's everyone thinking about me. What's this? What's that? Like, you know, some people, for some people, that's possibly the most uncomfortable part of maybe even the whole weekend, even more than combo. And because they've never done that and they're too worried about what everyone else might be thinking. And so it takes a few songs to kind of get out of your shell and just like as you look and you realize like most people really aren't even actually paying attention to you because they're kind of working through their stuck shit, right? They're over there thinking the same thing you're thinking and so they're not actually worried about you. They're just kind of moving and everyone kind of moves in their own little way. Some some people just kind of move a little bit and some people move a lot more and get hype and do other things and, um, you know, I just... I thought it was just like one of the better ways to break the ice and let people know like um we're gonna get fucking uncomfortable this weekend <laughs> like everything is gonna break you out of your comfort zone everything's gonna bring up emotions everything is going to allow you to still feel connected and supported in that moment even though it is uncomfortable and you might have some emotional uh traumas or different things pop up but um, it was a good icebreaker. We had people paint someone they didn't know. So we had it all kind of glow in the dark. So then the paint looked cool when we went back up to the space that we had the black lights and all the strobe lights and different things going. And you had the good playlist going. And I thought it was perfect. And I know it was probably on a few people super uncomfortable, but it just, it worked. And I feel like it was an amazing like part of the retreat for sure. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. And you can look around and create stories. So if I were to observe these people, I could look around and think in my head, oh, she's not into it. Oh, he's not having fun. Oh, this person thinks that this sucks, right? That's the stories that my human brain creates. And then you get done with an event like this. And then we all sh start sharing with each other. And the person that I thought had a terrible time was like, that was life changing to me, right? And so all of these things are just layers to the human experience for you to learn more about yourself, to learn more about the way that your brain works and what you're conditioned to believe and the way that, you know, you can learn different things about other people and the way you learn about yourself and your body when you're moving. I've had so many experiences during a static dance where things come up for me that I didn't even know were suppressed or, you know, thoughts about insecurities within my body or myself that you just kind of are on a loop about in your brain that you can just like, okay, to the rhythm of the song, I'm going to work through this. I'm going to let it pass. I'm going to let myself feel it. And it's, it's really a profound experience. And like you said, to dance sober, not intoxicated, not on drugs is different for a lot of people. And when we were looking at structuring the weekend, we were like, we want to give people experiences that they're not going to get in their real life. So 
what can we do to break people out of their shell, to give them things that they might have to go out and seek these things out one by one? How can we put it into one weekend where they kind of get a one-stop shop of they can try all of these different things that open them up spiritually and have it all right here? So a static dance is always going to be at my retreats. It's, it just is such a primal practice. We've been dancing around the fire since the beginning of time in community to music that, that you can't get any more like primal and natural and wild than that. And I think that there's so much power in it. Yeah, I I think so too. I've done it like three or four times now and I always feel great when I'm done. It's, it's something different and I don't know. I think it is definitely, if we're talking about discomfort and getting uncomfortable, it's definitely a good icebreaker for the people. And it's something that we definitely plan to keep. So if you've never tried that, you can definitely jump on and come see what that's all about. And then we led into um, the next day. I think you just did like some yoga and a workshop and everything on the deck, um, which does dive deep, which you have people kind of going through self-limiting beliefs and different things like that. So there's like, everything's kind of flows into each other. And, um, and then, you know, like we had, we tell Lisa where we left off and then we go into like the cacao and breath work. Well, we did the hot and cold in between that, but a lot of people know what kind of hot cold is. We just had a cold plunge out there and they had a hot tub at the cabin. So that was kind of just like a little, discomfort there with some benefits but kind of break up a lot of the deep intense work kind of get people you know a little cold plunge to kind of get your brain boosting and get you ready for the next activity and then um lisa kind of led with where we left off as far as the um you know what they were journaling what they were doing and so she kind of picked up right where we left off and she did this whole like native american style um you know, it was like a fire ceremony, right? With the elements, you know, the earth and the wind and the water and this. And um, she just really, really like had people do another experience that I feel like could have been uncomfortable, even as well as simple as it was. People are like, what is this like witchcraft, Native American, <laughs> like walking around a fire only clockwise, only what or north, south, east, west elements. <laughs> like what the fuck are we really doing here? So just things that cultures did right before we, like I said, before we had all these distractions and um, just something to really connect people. And uh, it was like an offering and things that you wanted to give away and you give a piece, piece of uh, the stuff that you picked up to the fire. And then there was cigar with like sacred style tobacco. You could smoke out there and, just a little something that people definitely uh, probably have never, never experienced. And then it led into, we had the ceremonial gray cacao, which is like a very heart opening. Um, it is a vasodilator. So it's going to allow things to kind of move through your body, open up the blood vessels. And uh, a lot of different people use it before things like breath work or sound healings before that heart opening and for that experience. And then, she does something called an altered state breath work, which is super fucking intense, super, super hard, difficult, and emotional. Um, we literally had a girl who had like been in a car accident, like say that she felt like her, her brain was being stitched up during the practice, like felt like some deep brain neurological healing, which we thought was bizarre and, so many people were crying and had emotions come up and it's, it's difficult. And she plays different 
instruments as far as the sound healing, the tuning forks and different things that bring out different emotions and work with you. And then you have the cacao in you. And I mean, she is just a magical practitioner. If you are listening and you're in the Tampa area, you can go try out some of her breath work at cocoon. It won't be as long and it won't have the cacao and the fire ceremony, but you could at least get a little experience of just what she offers by going up to cocoon. But, um, I mean, she's just magical. I mean, I've done her breath work. It's insane. Probably one of the best breath work practitioners around for sure. If not the best. And so is there anything you want to add as far as like what, what you think that brings out of people and what they go through during that? Even if you've done breath work, at all in a different capacity with a different practitioner. It's one of those things that you have a different experience every single time and you have the experience that you're meant to have. And I just really in my heart believe there's so much magic in being away on retreat and being checked out of your real life. And I am willing to bet that the experience that our guests had would be much deeper there than if they were to do a studio breathwork class, right? Just because everything already for the day has built upon everything you've already done leading up to that moment. And then this is where you process it through your body. This is where you listen to the stories that your body is holding. This is where you unstick the stuck emotions that your body has been holding onto that doesn't have anything to do with your brain. This is where you bridge the gap between brain and body. And it's a really, really, really powerful practice. And I think that Lisa just holds the safest space. And I think that, you know, we set the tone for that and that it's really important work and it can be really, really transformative. So listening to people's experiences when they came out of that, because Matt and I just took a break while Lisa was facilitating, we came back in to integrate with everyone and it was really magical to hear the different things that people were able to express or move through their bodies or bring to their consciousness through that breathwork ceremony. So, I mean, for some people, and I'm sure if that's the first time they've done that, that alone can be a life-changing experience. 100%. It definitely, it was like, even my buddy, I won't name him. I was like, I done cried up an appetite. Like, <laughs> like, and he's like not a crier or not like, you know, it's, he's been doing some of the work and the plant medicines and different things, trying to tap into more of his emotional side over the past uh, year and a half or two years. But, um, you know, that's not his MO. That's not his go-to. He's more kind of like me type a driven, you know, not just prone to crying and something about, the breath and just focusing on the breath and letting the brain shut off after a while is like, you just start to process and think things. And it, it's just, it's going to happen. If you do the work, mm -hmm. if you give up on it, then, then it won't work. But if you stick through it, there is going to be some form of like altered state, emotional, like processing that is going to go on between your like brain and body connection and your emotions. And it is deep is deep work. And, no, we use these things as like kind of setting the stage to get over into the Sunday morning with the combo ceremony, because mm -hmm. that's definitely something people haven't tried. I'm going to have a whole really, really great show on that next week. That'll come out uh, probably like my third episode. That'll be awesome. So if you guys don't know combo, we'll talk about it a little bit, but you'll, you can get a deeper dive on that episode. Um, and that's, you know, it's an Amazonian medicine. That's, 
that's definitely tough. That's it's going to bring you directly into discomfort. You know, your heart races, you, you know, your blood pressure goes down. You can feel lightheaded and dizzy and it's it's literally a purgative medicine, so it's you're going to purr, you're meant to puke. You drink water before the ceremony so that it helps facilitate that that purge and you use the bathroom and it um it's an uncomfortable experience, but it detoxes a lot of toxins and different things, but more so the I think the ecstatic dance and the breath work and the different things that we've already kind of got them out of their comfort zone helps them to kind of not have as much anxiety and angst towards the combo ceremony, because that's something that, you know, they're, they might've been wishy-washy. They didn't know they were going to do it till they got there or they're going to back out last minute or what. And after we kind of get them into like, into the deeper side of things through the breath work and the static dance and the journaling and the self-talk and self-limiting beliefs. Uh, they're like, I think I'm ready. Like I'm ready for this combo. Like after that breath work, they're like, they, they feel like they can take on something like combo. You know, they're more, they're like, oh, they're confident, right? Like this breath work was just hard as fucking <laughs> shit. Like how much harder could combo be, you know? And we got great feedback on that. And so we didn't know what that would look like if that would forever be part of the retreats. I don't see why not. Cause we keep it optional. So it's like, we're not forcing any, anything on anyone, but yeah, I did the whole Sananga eye drops and the, I gave everyone hop a, and they did the combo and you know, that, that was like the, like little icing on the cake for the weekend for everybody to really go through a lot of their stuff. And few people were wiped out some were okay but that's just like the nature of combo depending on how many toxins you have stored up or you move around and i thought that we just really really played this one like perfectly and for being our second one i think most people were surprised how do you feel about that yeah i feel the same like i said it gave me such a clear vision on what we should do moving forward because you know, we've done plant medicines and it's been something we've talked about before. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to host that on retreat. We're not trained in it. It's not something I want to incorporate. I don't even really want to bring someone else in to do that. Like, what can these retreats look like? And Matt is, I think, the only registered combo practitioner in our area. Um, we know of one other girl around here. Yeah. But that's, like, that's all that I know. Like yeah, it's it's not like you can find a combo practitioner on every block in Tampa. It's a special thing that he's one of the first people to bring it here. And so incorporating that is for sure an experience that you're not going to get on a typical retreat or a day trip. And, you know, what else can we offer? You know, the ecstatic dance. I love to facilitate. We bring in Lisa for the breath work and you don't need to do the plant medicine. Everyone thinks they need to dive in really intense work and all all of this self-discovery can be facilitated in a different way through different modalities. And the way that we stack everything, I think, can still provide someone with a really transformative experience without having to go through the psychoactive substances or, you know, trip for eight hours. And, you know, you still get a really transformative experience through all these different modalities. And um, I think it's a really special thing that we're curating. Yeah, the the plant medicines definitely have their time and their place um, with someone who's more trained than we are and that you can get 20 years worth of therapy in one night in some cases or you can have a really bad experience and that's why um, I'll leave that more to the professionals and 
I think what we're curating gets deep, very deep, very, very powerful. I mean, I think you can get a lot of the same downloads with a weekend, like what we curate. And, um, you know, these are also some of the things, the combo. Yeah. I'm just going to put it on you. But, um, like the other practices, like you have to do the fucking work. It's not like you drink two cups of ayahuasca and just let it, let it take its toll. Like it's, you're pushing, pushing harder. Anybody can just take five grams of mushrooms and lay there. Like that doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it's easy to just do. You take it and it's whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And the facilitator's there to help you if anything goes wrong. But, um, these type of practices are, are tougher and more difficult and they, they take you there. They are. It's hard to put yourself out there in a room of ecstatic dancers, 10 people that you don't know. And can you move your body in the way that it wants to be expressed? Can you get out of your head enough to do that? That's hard work. Can you sit in circle with 10 people that you don't know and share something about yourself, share your intention for the weekend? Some people aren't even used to doing that. Can you sit there after a yoga practice that's been heart opening and gets you into your body and journal about your deepest desires? That's hard work. Can you sit there conscious and sober and write down all of these things that have been holding you back. Can you dig deep in your subconscious and identify your blocks? That's hard work. And we hold the space for that for sure. We we push you to, you know, discover these things. But ultimately, you are in charge. You're the one that has to do it. And that's why throughout the weekend, we make it very clear every activity, like all of this is totally optional. You know, we had one person sit out of the cold plunge. She didn't feel well. We had one person sit out of the workshop. A couple people did sit out of combo. And every single time it's met with, you are completely okay to make that decision. We support you. You know, if you want to be with the group, you can. If you need time by yourself, you can take that too. And every single thing is totally up to you, how much or how little you want to do. But most people do all of the things. That's what you're there to do. Yeah. And that was great. Most people did most of the things and it's like whatever you didn't feel called to, you know, and one of the girls came up real, real last minute. Like, I think I'm just not going to do the combo. And I think she was, she felt still hurt and health because I goes, that's okay. Like Mm -hmm. if it's not a total fuck, yeah, like you feel called to this combo in this moment after all the deep work you've done, then don't do it. Like if if you think that this is possibly going to set you over the edge, you've already done quite a bit of deep work this weekend. Maybe you don't need it in this moment. I'm here for you when you feel called. If you want to do an individual session or whatever, I'm not here to force anything on anyone. But we're here to offer it and it's cool because as more people talk about it, because we've only done two and we've only done one in that fashion, it will become, we'll only attract the people who want to do it. But it's, it was cool to see like most people were just kind of doing it because we didn't really tell anyone what they were in for this time. This is the only group like now we're talking about (laughs) it and people know what they're going to be getting into if they come with us. But we kind of just went off on a whim and just hit these people blindsided. Kinda. Yeah, we blindsided them for sure. <laughs> one, girl, one girl messaged me and she was like, my husband said, I thought you were going on a yoga retreat. <laughs> he sees all these photos. She's getting tobacco blown up her nose and eye drops put in her eye. And I was seriously cracking up. And one yeah. other girl was like, yeah, I thought we were just going to like relax this weekend and chill and do some yoga. And I was like, honestly, I didn't really know till we were here that that's what we were not doing. I didn't realize we cured all this until like we we're there and i'm like 
Man, they're going through yeah, it. We were like on Saturday, like, well, damn, we're hitting them. <laughs> yeah, by the time they were doing the breath work and we had that little like hour and a half to, to ourselves to just fucking finally rest because Saturday felt like the longest damn day ever. Um, I was just like, oh, they're going through it. And oh, they got combo was, in the morning. Like, It was awesome. It was it was amazing. It was though. So and we cool. got we got such great feedback. I feel like still oh my God, even for, every minute for people it. that were blindsided. So if they know what they're getting into coming into it. We'll definitely get good feedback, but it was like, that was like, are we going to get good feedback because we really have no idea. You know, sometimes you just got to try some shit. And then it was cool on Sunday. My friend Jenna came and she has a Lucia light and a Lucia light is this white light that you lay under and it's just just a white light. It stimulates your pineal gland. So it just like sits right above your head and it blinks. Sometimes it's just a constant white light. But what you see with your eyes closed are geometric shapes and patterns and colors so it's almost like a psychedelic trip like I can compare it to like a DMT trip like you see like fractals and like all this like crazy shit she plays uh, music and it's just literally your pineal gland like doing all the work inside your brain and so the two guests that chose not to do combo, they still sat in the ceremony. One did the Hoppe and Sananga um, and they still observed and they did the Lucia light and out of that experience, they both told me that they were able to integrate everything they've done for the weekend. So they didn't even do the more intense combo. And after the Lucia light, they were still like, that was that alone was really transformative for them and kind of tied up all of the weekend. They had additional downloads that they didn't know were there. And it kind of allowed everything to come to a head. So, you know, without even having to do any medicine at all, they were still able to really you know, feel transformed after the weekend. So I thought that that was really amazing. Yeah, that was great. And even the people who did combo, we gave them a break and they tried the Lucia light later. And a lot of them were like obsessed with it too. Yeah. So that, that's a great, and for people who don't know, I think that's like anywhere from like 8,000 for the traveling device up to like 24,000 for the device. Like it's not cheap and it's this sober style DMT trip where you just see all these lights and feel like you're falling and different shapes and geometrical patterns. And it's just, it's pretty, pretty insane, and you come out of it feeling just really calm and relaxed and in and, and an entirely different state. So it was good to have a little offering for the people who didn't want to do the combo as well, and as for the people who wanted to do the combo, and a few people who did all the work all week and goes, I think I've had enough experiences for the weekend. <laughs> so there was a couple who did not try the light as well, and that was totally fine, and it was just there for an offer. And uh, we love Jenna, and it was cool to at least allow her to kind of uh, promote herself as well with the Lucia like she's a newer practitioner and I think everything was just really cohesive and um every everyone felt like they weren't forced into anything and I mean I don't know how it could have went any better as far as like it only being our second retreat yeah it was amazing we do have our vision of what we're going to change moving forward or add in or you know all the things and then we're looking at hosting an international retreat next year which is so exciting it's a big risk but so i think we got exciting it. yeah i think we got it we're in the planning stages so stay tuned for that for sure yeah we'll we'll drop some photos found a beautiful place in costa rica um that we think we might pull the trigger on but who knows maybe we'll do some more research and figure that out but i'm really attached to this spot i found looks like Jay-Z's house or something. It looks, <laughs> it's, it's nice and all the mountain views and ocean views. And 
that if you know it'll be longer so it gives us some time for days off from the deep work and just to do excursions and be with community and we can go to the waterfalls and different things that costa rica has to offer and we can get the private chef and the maids so that i'm not running around cooking and cleaning the whole time which will feel nice even though i like that aspect of the retreat i mean you just it's kind of impossible to do when you're flying to a whole different country i don't even know what the grocery store has to offer there i'd be trying to make up meals on the fly and i just it would be too nerve-wracking to even try to pull that off but i think the overall theme is that we aren't interested in hosting yoga retreats we want to host space and containers for people to do the deep work and while there is a time and a place to go on vacation and drink wine and do two yoga classes a day um, that's not our work we've been on the journey ourselves for the past few years doing the work day in and day out, not just with our health stuff, but like I said before, getting aligned spiritually, getting aligned energetically, you know, me kind of figuring out what I want to do in business and trying different things on and seeing what's, you know, aligned with my soul and really having the courage to chase after that only. I'm really only interested in hosting experiences that are aligned with that. And and for me, that's putting everything I've done into something that someone else can experience because I know what it's like to try to touch over here and touch over there and and do everything to kind of figure out like what sticks and what's had an impact on me. When you're on a, a journey of, you know, developing yourself spiritually or as far as personal development, you just don't even know where to start. Oftentimes you're like, should I meditate? Should I have a morning routine? Should I go walk outside? Like, do I read this book? Do I listen to this podcast? Do I go to yoga? Do I quit my job? Like, do I break up with my boyfriend? Like you just don't fucking know. And, and now that I've done all of these modalities, um, I love to share my favorites with people, but I really ultimately would love to be a guide for someone that's lost and doesn't know where to begin because I know what that's like. And just having support is so, so important. It cuts out so much of the work of fucking things up and um, figuring out, you know, what works for you. So I'm so excited to do that for other people. Yeah. You know, the, you know good coach take decades into days, right? Yeah. All the stuff they've learned and curated over time, they can just kind of give you a little, and not every one thing will work for everybody, but you find that coach that you're aligned to that, you know, you have a good consultation with and you feel connected to and you feel heard by and who understands you, they, they can really catapult you and if you're not well trying to get a coach and you just want to do some deep work you can do something like a retreat right you know exactly. you spend your it's money there kind of a buffet for the weekend try mm -hmm. all these different modalities and then i guarantee you're at least going to find some clarity of what you want or need to do moving forward in your real life yeah i mean sometimes like you just need the break in general from the, your busy life and your relationship and your kids and whatever's going on and the tv and all you know cooking, cleaning, doing laundry, all the shit that just life piles up that you have to take care of on the weekend and you just get away and you journal and you do some deep work and you do things and that can just bring clarity in and of itself even if we weren't doing all of the deeper stuff. Like even on the first retreat, some a lot of people got good stuff out of that. But if you really take them there then and you have the journaling prompts around it so that they're already kind of like programming themselves on what they're trying to think about as far as what their goals are and what their self-limiting beliefs are. And then you take them into the deeper experiences. Those things are on the forefront of their brain. So that's usually where the brain goes to. Right. And then sometimes 
it might be some form of like emotion or trauma that comes up, but it might be something that you needed to release that was like a blockage to get to where you were going from that self-limiting belief or things like that. So it's like you curate the journal prompts and the workbook around the stuff that's fresh in their brain. And so that when they go into the experience, that's kind of what comes up for them and even setting intention before a combo can really help and all of that different work. It just, you know, you can get a lot out of a weekend like that. For sure. Awesome. You think we crushed it? <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to add? I think we think we got it. I think we got it. All right. Well, I just want to say publicly before we end this that I am so, so fucking sorry that you had to deal with my mental state and what I was going through for the past couple of years. And I hope you can forgive me and we can move forward and we can have a beautiful family and marriage and kids and do all the things that we're trying to do. So publicly, I, I'm very deeply sorry. I love you. I love you so much. You're always worth it. <laughs> Thank you, baby. To keep in touch, you can find me. I'm most active on Instagram at Gypsy Soul Cole, G-Y-P-S-Y-S-O-U-L-C-O-L-E. You can also find my website at thewildwithincoach.com where I post all the details about my yoga schedule, my retreats, my one-on-one coaching offerings, my personal training, and all of the things. And we also still have a few spots left for our February retreat coming up in 2023 in Crystal River, Florida. I'm so excited about it. That date is February 3rd through 6th. And this retreat is women only. So I have a few spots left. If you're interested, you can hit me up on Instagram or there will be a link to my email on my website, thewildwithincoach.com. And I can't wait to hear from you. Thank you guys so much. If you enjoy this show, would you please take a second to subscribe, rate, and review it for me? Also, if you'd like to know more information about Combo, personalized one-on-one coaching with me, or for upcoming retreat information, which I host with my wife, please visit my website in the show notes or DM me on Instagram. My handle over there is at Integrative Matt. Until next time, my friends.